Let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your grace, your mercy. Thank you for Jesus Christ who made it all possible for us to be here tonight and even be alive, Lord. We all deserve death, Lord, but we thank you, O God, that your son took our place on the cross, was buried, and he rose from the dead. Victory over sin and the grave. We thank you, O God, that it's in you that we move and have our being. Forgive us for our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We pray, for Lord, that you give me the gift of teaching tonight, Lord, that you, um, that you let me be a filter, Lord, to, to say what you would have me to say, Lord. I pray, O oh God, that we be not only hearers but doers of your word, lest we deceive ourselves. We thank you, O oh God, for this night. Lead God and direct us. Give me wisdom, knowledge, and understanding through your scripture. Keep it so simple. Meet us where we are, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchased of God, filled with his spirit. Washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. Amen. Love that song. Please turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 12. I think the second verse go. Perfect submission, I am at rest, I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting for His return. Filled with his goodness, wrapped in his love. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song, praising my Savior all the day long, amen. Just waiting, I know some of us are turning pages, but. You know, God has been so good to all of us. I'm excited. I'm excited today because we didn't have to wake up. But by his grace, by his mercy, he has woke, woken us, each and every one of us, 
and given us another chance to love them, to obey them, to serve them, to surrender to them. You know, all of us, you know. And I thank God for tonight. In Hebrews chapter 12, we're going to read verses 1, 2, uh, 1, 2, and 3. It says, therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Today I want to lift up uh, the topic, run the race, run the the race. Um, I, I imagine not everyone ran track in here, but I ran track and cross country. And I learned a few things about running. And one thing for sure that I learned about running can be summed up in this. Don't give up. I don't care if you started off late, you started off fast. Started off slow. The main thing that our coach emphasized was don't give up. Sadly to say, many are giving up on the Christian walk, the Christian race, and they have thrown in the towel. They have sat on the bench too long. How do you know that, preacher? Because they have neglected to read their Bible every day. They have neglected to fellowship with like-minded believers. They have neglected to what? Deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. What am I saying? If we have not made it a point every day to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, we too have failed to run the race. The race that we run is, has been mapped out by God. As a matter of fact, and I like it, this analogy of running the race, because everybody got their own lane. I can't run in your lane. You can't run in my lane. Everybody in Christ have their own lane. Actually, they have their own leg to run. The baton has been given. How do you know that, preacher? We in the text. So for you, those who are taking notes, I want to cover three points for tonight. Number one, the endurance. The endurance. Number one, the endurance. That's found in verse one. Number two, point number two, the example. That's found in verse two. And number three, the exhortation. Found in verse 3. So we got the endurance, the example, and the exhortation, if you will. The endurance speaks of what's that set before, that set. The example is that's, that's what's seen. And the exhortation is 
speaks of that which talks about suffering, how we suffer. Believe it or not, the believers, as they got this letter that was written to them, they were enduring hardships. They were suffering. So here in chapter 12, it's actually a power boost, if you will, to encourage them not to get discouraged from going through and running the Christian race. I don't know about you, but in my little time as running the Christian race, there's been times in my life where I have gotten discouraged because of the suffering that I had to endure. Case in point. Some of my family members wasn't happy about me talking about Jesus all the time. So I would receive mockery from them, ridicule at times, and quite frankly, they say, I, I don't want to hear it. But the Lord encouraged me, even as a young man, in spite of my mom trying to discourage me from praying and seeking God's face, trying to discourage me, saying that I'm chanting, and really, in reality, I'm praying, she did not understand the race that I was running. It wasn't until years later that she can see the example before her by the grace of God, the endurance that God had placed in my heart, that she can see that my race was real. I don't know about you, but our friends and family, those who are close to us, many times a prophet does not receive honor in his own home simply because they know our past. But I stop by to encourage us tonight. I don't care about our family, our friends that know our past. The Prince of Peace, he knows us. He knows our hearts. He knows where we are. And he knows that we are under construction. I just want to encourage you tonight, run the race. Run the race that God has called you to run. You do know that when we were called out of darkness into his marvelous light, he calls us to run the race. You know, exercise is good, you know. Bodily exercise is good, but spiritual exercise is even better. You know, sometimes we get out of shape. You know, sometimes we let our bodies, physical bodies go. We get overweight and it can cause problems within our heart. Um, this past year, I was, I got an irregular heartbeat and I noticed that I was having palpitations. So I went to go see the heart doctor and, and it, it was, it was really, um, it was a little scare, but I just placed it before God's feet, went to the doctor. But one thing came out of the doctor's office was I needed to exercise. I need to eat better. Well, in a spiritual sense, we need, as brothers in the Lord, we need to exercise, you got it, our faith in Jesus Christ. Not only do we need to exercise our faith, but our diet needs to change 
which should be a faith-filled diet. Meaning, if we're not reading the Word, if we're not feasting off the honeycomb of the sweetness of God's Word, guess what? We are neglecting the proper nourishment to grow and mature in Jesus. As a matter of fact, we are not running the race. So here in the text, we says, therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Point number one, the endurance. The race that we're, we're signed up is not, a, is not a sprint. It's a, more like a cross-country race. It's not a 100-yard dash where we run with bursts of energy. No, no. We have to strategically plan every stride as we run. Now, many think that when it says that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, they think that those saints that went before us are in heaven watching us run our race. That's out of context. You say, how you know that, preacher? I'm going I'm to I'm show you. Notice the first word in verse 1. You still got your Bibles open, amen? The word says, therefore. Everybody see that? So what is the word therefore, there, for? Good question. The word therefore is there for this reason. Of all what was previously stated before that word appeared. So what was previously, previously stated? All of chapter 11. So if you go to chapter 11... You see in context, in biblical context, who the great crowd of witnesses that we have before us. Let's go to chapter 11. Just to skim over a few. Just to skim over a few. Verse 4, it says Abel. Verse, verse 5, it says Enoch. Verse 7, it says Noah. Verse 8, it says Abraham. Verse 11, it says Sarah. Verse 23, it says Moses. Verse 20, it says Isaac. Verse 21, it says Jacob. Verse 22, it says Joseph. Verse 17, it says Abraham. So we, and so many others that stated in chapter 11. So those are the, the cloud of witnesses that we have before us. Let's go back to chapter 12. It says, therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. That word lay aside is another word comes from to put off. To put off. You know, when you run, you know, I hope you don't run with a backpack full of Rocks. Even back then, when you run your race, 
It's okay to drink water. It's okay to have a snack before you your track meet. But I hope you didn't run with your bottle of water in your hand. The point is, there are some things in the race that we must put off without compromise. We have to. It's imperative. It's commanded to put it off. Let's turn to Romans uh, chapter 13, verse 12. We're going to flip around. Hold your place in, uh, in Hebrews. Romans chapter 13. Ah, we, we start at verse 11. Romans chapter uh, 12, verse 11. And do this knowing the time that now is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. Do you guys believe that? Like Christ, Jesus is coming back. Like when, you infer, when we first accepted Christ, even if it was yesterday, our salvation is even closer. We're getting closer to, to meeting the Lord. Look at what it says. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness or put off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Anytime we put off something, we got to put something on. The Lord don't want no naked Christians running around here. He wants us to put off the old man, but he wants us to put on the new man. He says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry or drunkenness. So if you got a problem with drinking, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy. You like fighting and arguing. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust, its desires. So simply put, we put off the flesh. We put off the old man, but we put on Christ, the new man. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 22. Marshall, you need a Bible? No, no, okay. All right, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22. Right, let's start at verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows Corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You guys see that? You see it there. You see the theme. Uh, like we read it in Romans. We see it in Ephesians. Put off, put on. Put off, put on. Put off the old man. Put on the new man. Put off. 
The flesh, the desires of the flesh put on Christ. What Christ desires for us. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3. Start at verse 1. It's really verse 8, but we won't go to verse 1. If, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on the things above and not on the things on the earth. So it starts in the mind. If we are to put off the world, the flesh... The old man, it starts here in our mind, taking on the mind of Christ. It says, verse 3, for you died and your life is hidden within, with Christ in God. Our identity, our, our new identity, I don't care how many tats you got on you. I don't care where you've been. I don't care your past. Once you are in Christ, been blood bought, washed in the blood of the lamb, you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been born again. I don't care what the outside say you are. In Christ, you are a new creature. New creation. Verse 4, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Notice what it says, what to put to death. Fornication. Any sex or immoral behavior outside of marriage. Fornication. Pornography. Having sex out of marriage. Adultery. All, kind, all that. Uncleanliness. Passion. Evil desires. Covetousness, which is idolatry. You talking about, man, I wish I had the new this. I wish I had the new Jordans. I wish that. No. I want what God wants for me. Amen. There's nothing wrong with having nice things. Nothing wrong with desiring things. But ask God is it in his will for some of them things. No, all the things. He says, verse 6, because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. People get caught up in materialism. God don't care if you got nice shoes on, nice house, nice car, nice jewelry, bank account full of little money. Why do you say it's little? He owned a cattle on a thousand hills. God doesn't look at, you know, he wants our hearts. God's wrath is coming upon the children, the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Notice that. I love the scripture when it says that. We once were. It, don't, it means that these things that were mentioned should be past tense, not present tense. You got some Christians, you know, they take a swig. Nothing wrong with taking a swig, but if you get drunk, it's sin. Amen. Now, God, he didn't tell me to take a swig. I don't take a swig. I don't drink. That's, that's between my walk with the Lord. I don't drink no alcohol at all. I ain't got a bad enough temper. Well, I'm going to drink alcohol. But my point is, is that 
We have to be led of the Spirit. Sometimes God tells you not to eat this, not to go to this place. We have to be led of the Spirit to not fulfill the desires or the lust of the flesh. Verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these things. Put off what? Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. All those filthy jokes, trying to get people to laugh, God is displeased with that. Don't do that. Don't even be cursing. Verse 9, do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. You know, you ask your brother, you know, we ought to do a, we ought to do a, uh, we ought to do a litmus test, you know, a walk test. Hey, brother, how you doing? How you walk going? Like, we need to have, engage that one another. Hey, hey, brother Tony, how you doing? How you walk coming? How your Bible study coming? You know, we should hold one another accountable. And we shouldn't be lying to one another. Oh, man, I'm doing great, man. And knowing you ain't read the Bible today. You know, brother, I need to read the Bible. I didn't read the Bible today. Before we leave tonight, I need you look across the table. Ask the person across from you, have you read the Bible today? Amen. And whatever the answer is, don't lie. I just read it. It's in the Bible. We're going to use practical Christianity, right? It's, it's in the Bible. Don't lie. <laughs> don't, don't lie to one another. And don't be trying to, you know, don't be trying to hide. Tell me, he ain't really in front of me. No. If he across from you, ask the question. Amen. Let's keep going. All right. <laughs> God know, right? Amen. Where verse I'm at? All right. Verse 9. Do not uh, lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds. And I put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. How do we renew in the knowledge? If you're not informed in the knowledge, if you don't see the knowledge, if you don't read the knowledge, if you just hear the knowledge, if you're not referring, if we're not in the word, we're not gaining in the knowledge of God. It didn't say come to church. Did it say come to church right there? It didn't say come to church. It's not the pastor's job to feed you filet mignon and dessert for your week. This is just a snack. Coming to church is a snack. Yes, we can get meat and potatoes from the pastor. But you should be nibbling on some neck bones throughout the, throughout the week. <laughs> Everybody get my point? <laughs> this should not be the only diet that you get from the pastor. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Let me, step, let me stop here, parents. Stay off the junk food. Some of us won't now later. No, you need to eat some vegetables. Eat the stuff that's good nourishment. You know? 
I love candy, but if I keep eating candy, it's going to decay my teeth. That's how sin is. It's decaying. It's sweet for a moment. But guess what? It's deadly poison in your mouth. In your life. It's, it's, it's a trap. It's a snare of the enemy. Put it off. Put off. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Put it off. Amen. All right. Verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free. Put, but Christ is all and in all. Let's go back to Hebrews chapter 12. Guess what? I don't care your pedigree, your background. If you in Christ, guess what? Christ should be your all in all. Meaning, he should be all we need. Amen. So the witnesses that we have before us are all the believers, all the saints who have set the bar standard of how to endure while going through suffering. When you think about Moses, remember Moses, he would rather suffer with the people of God than to be in Pharaoh's house. Hmm. Let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 24, just to prove my point. It says, by faith, when he became, talking about Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Go back. The race that we run... The prize is Jesus. He's the prize. So the race that we need to run individually, collectively as a church is to please the almighty God. Is to hear those words. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. Only way to be faithful, we must endure. I don't care what you're going through, what kind of suffering, I don't care physical, mental, whatever it is. We have so great a cloud of witnesses who set the bar for us not to what? Give up. If they didn't give up, then we, we ought not to give up. We must endure. It says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares snares us. So we got to put off. The weight here speaks of bulk or mass. When it says so easily besets sin, it prevents us. Sin, sin's advantage is prevailing, meaning sin, it ensnares us, it slows down our stride in Christ. When we run, we need to be ready to run without any weights 
anything that's going to cause us to miss step. You guys see the analogy? God don't want us to miss step. When we entangle ourselves with the world and the system, we miss step. When we watch TV and get brainwashed instead of being renewed by the word of God on a daily basis, we miss step. When we listen to gossip coming from you know where and we don't rebuke it, we miss step. When we shut our mouths in the face of evil instead of speaking the truth in love, we miss step. When we grieve the Holy Spirit, quench the Spirit to not surrender to the Lord Almighty God, we what? We misstep. Notice I said we. I didn't say you. We misstep. We all do. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. Then it says run. The word run there speaks of to strive. But it also speaks to spend our time. Where are you spending your time in? That's what you're running for. Ouch. If you spend all your time working on a secular job, that's who we're running for. God wants us to spend time with him. In his word, to grow, to learn, to get to know him. And he wants the word to expose and show us who we are in him. The Bible says you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Stop walking around depressed, thinking that God don't want to use you. He wouldn't have called you out of darkness into the mar- if he don't want to use. He wants to use each and every one of us in Christ. He don't want none to perish, but all to come to repentance. Talked about the endurance. Lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnared us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Not only uh, to run the race is going to take endurance, but it's going to take an example. You know, we got these cloud of witnesses, but there's only one example. How do you know that? Because Moses, he endured the suffering looking unto Jesus. Verse 2, let's, let's move along. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. What was the joy? To please the Father and to draw many. What was the joy of Jesus? To please the Father and to draw us to him. To rescue us from the snares of hell. To deliver us from sin's grasp. To deliver us from the enemy. That was the joy. 
He endured it all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in should not perish but have everlasting life. God created us for his glory. You do know that. Some of you guys read it before. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. You guys know where I'm going, but I want to remind those who may not have read it. May not know. Many people say, man, I don't know the purpose of God. I don't know what God want me to do. It's right here, summed up. So simple. Isaiah 43, 7. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7. I got this highlighted in my Bible. Not this one, but another one. But it's imprinted, embedded in my heart. Somebody said, man, why was I created? It's right here. Isaiah 43, 7. It says, everyone who is called by my name. Let me ask the question. Have you been called by God's name? Yes. You may not know it, but we're going to keep reading. Whom I have created for my glory. Stop right there. If you've been created, you've been called by God's name. But why have you been called? For his glory. Not my glory, not your glory. Not to stroke my ego, not to stroke your ego. Not not to get a pat on the back, but to give God his due. Glory. He said, everyone who's called by my name, whom I have created for my glory, I have formed him. Yes, I have made him. We have been made for God's glory. What does that look like? Put off, put on. For his glory. For his glory. Amen. Hurry up, Tim. Get out the bathroom. For his glory. Thank you, Holy Ghost. For his glory. We've been made for God's glory. Jesus is our example because he endured... He despised the shame looking for what? He could see the goal. He can see what we couldn't see. He knew that by him being a sacrificial lamb, he gave every man, every woman, every boy, every girl a right to the tree of life. You do know hell was created for Satan and his imps falling Demons. It was never created for humanity. But humanity chooses hell because it rejects heaven through Christ. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. We have to come to Jesus on his terms. He's the greatest example that we have how to run the race. He suffered, but he endured it. Why? He's seen the prize. He sat down at the right hand of God, which means he sat down. His whole goal was to please the almighty God, Father. He pleased him. He pleased him. 
He made a way for us to have access to the throne. Amen. Jesus is our example. Verse 3. For consider him who, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself. Lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. The King James, I believe it says, faint, lose heart. This is the exhortation. The context is that these Christians are suffering. They need to look at Jesus, who's the example, who suffered it all for humanity with joy. The Bible says, thank you, Holy Ghost, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith works patience. The patience there is the same word that the point number three is endurance. We need endurance. You know, God builds our muscles by endurance. We don't have a microwave Christianity. No. You signed up for a lifelong mission. Amen. If you're looking for a, Christi a microwave Christianity, you got the wrong gospel. The Christ that we serve, we will see him in eternity. We will be with him in eternity. And we will remain with him throughout eternity. The writer of Hebrews, he's, he's exhorting us. He's encouraging us to not lose heart. I'm in the Bible. I'm in the Bible. Let's go to, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's start at verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. That's why we all got to die. That's why we got to be changed because we have to have our glorified bodies because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in twinkling of eye at the last trump. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. God's going to fix our bodies in order for heaven. Eternity. Verse 54. So when the, this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written death is swallowed up in victory oh death where's your sting oh hades where's your victory the sting of death is sin the strength of sin is the law but thanks be to god who gives us the victory through our lord jesus christ this is the point i want to make verse 58 therefore my beloved brethren be steadfast immovable Always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. That's endurance. That speaks of endurance. 
to be steadfast. Don't lose. I want to encourage you, brothers. Don't lose heart. Stand on the word. Keep preaching. Keep giving out the word of God. Don't compromise. I don't care if your wife want to give in a towel. I don't care if your children want to give in a towel. You be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Don't lose heart. Endure. Endure it. And then, not only is he encouraging us, but let's go to Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. We're going to end it with this. Lord say the same. We're going to end it with this. Galatians chapter 6. Uh, we start at verse 6. It says, Let him who is taught in the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be, de- be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9, here's the point. And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. My brothers, we need to not lose heart. Let's strive. Let's fight. Let's fight against our flesh. Let's fight, fight against sin. You can close your Bibles. Let's fight the good fight of faith. Run the race. Father God, we thank you, God, for your grace, your mercy. Your word is so true, Lord, and relevant to our lives. We ask, oh God, that we decrease. We, we pray, Lord, that you increase as we decrease. That lay, we lay aside every weight of sin that easily ensnares us and run the race. Father God, forgive us for our sin. Forgive us for our shortcomings. Forgive us for our procrastination. Forgive us for being disobedient, not reading your word today. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We know, God, that those believers in Hebrews, Lord, they laid aside the sin, the sin of legalism, the sin, whatever sin that that ensnared them. We know, oh God, that you're able to keep us from falling. Keep our minds, keep our hearts, Lord, striving, seeking to take up our cross daily, to deny ourselves and follow you, to be disciples of Christ. Dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. We thank you, O oh God, for the grace of God. It's by your grace that we're saved through faith. It's a gift of God. Lest any should boast. We thank you, Father, for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Teach us to be disciplined. Teach us how to endure. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.